There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning into the podcast. We certainly like to welcome each and every one of our listeners. And those of you that have been with us, you know we're in Matthew 26. And we slowed down a lot. we got a lot to cover still in this chapter. And then 27, 28, there's quite a bit more to cover. And so we slowed down trying to teach the doctrine of the Word of God, trying to share uh, the, the Scriptures and trying to find those little things that God would have us to reveal. Those of you that know, we preached the Messianic Psalms for over a year. And we looked at the Psalms and Jesus Christ in the Psalms. And now we're in Matthew 28 looking back and realizing all through Job, all through the Psalms, we see the Savior, we see the fulfillment of Scripture. Had Christ not fulfilled those Scriptures, he would not have been Christ. One of the great follies, I believe, today in ministry is there are folks that are not looking for Christ. They're looking for self-help. They're looking for motivation. They're looking for encouragement. They're not looking for Christ. You find Christ in Scripture, it'll change your life. You see him, it'll change you. Because when you see him, you can walk with him because you'll know him. You'll know who he is. you know more about him. You say you love the word of God. You love him. We sing, I love Jesus. But at the same time, do you really love him? If you love him, you want to know more about him. If you love your spouse, you want to know more about your spouse. If you love uh, your children, you want to know more about your children. If you love Jesus Christ, you want to know as much as you can about him. And so we dig in the scriptures and search the scriptures. We're in Matthew 26, 57. And they had laid hold on Jesus, led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. So now they're going to get their revenge. Jesus Christ has preached to them. He's rebuked them. He's called them serpents. He's called them hypocrites. And so now they're going to get their revenge. They're waiting for him. But Peter followed him afar off under the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Now the chief priests and elders and all the council sought false witness against Jesus to put him to death, but not found none. Yea, though many false witnesses came, yet found they none. At the last came two false witnesses and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. Now, that's prophesied of in Psalm 35. The Word of God told us that. There were going to be folks like this to come. Verse 11, false witnesses did rise up. They laid to my charge things that I knew not. Now, what was the false witness? Did he not say that? No, he did not say he was going to come destroy the temple of God. He said this temple. Word of God tells us, speaking of his body. You're going to destroy this temple? I will build it again in three days. And yet they said, no, he can't destroy the temple of God. He spoke of, of course, those stones not being one upon another. But yet that wasn't what they were speaking of, I don't believe. That's because they were false witnesses. They were coming to speak. And he didn't say he was going to destroy that temple. He just said these stones will not be left one upon another. But yet we see the word of God. We see false witnesses rise up. We see at the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is to be established. 
A man could not be put to death in the Old Testament except that two witnesses could agree. And here they couldn't find any. It says that there are many false witnesses came, yet found they none. They couldn't find two that would agree to put death. Finally, they got two false witnesses. That's all they needed. He said he would destroy the temple. Aha, we now have evidence. We now have proof he can die. And, and therefore, in obeying the law, years ago, I preached a message, but I'd probably be embarrassed to hear it today. But many years ago, I preached on the iniquity of the crucifixion. How they used the law of God deceitfully to circumvent the law of God. They used the law to crucify Jesus Christ, yet they skirted the law. This is one of those instances. They said, we must have something lawful. We must have, and there's a lot of folks today, we must have something scriptural. You hear people say that. We have to be scriptural. We must obey and adhere to the scripture. But to them, the scripture, the originals, has nothing to do with King James Bible. And they adhere to the originals, and therefore they're always trying to find that little nugget in the septic tank and that little that little piece of gold down there in the bottom. So they go through all the, the ritual of searching books and scouring books, and they search the Puritans, they search the Calvinists, and they search the old writers, and they go through all of that, and they finally find that one little nugget that authenticates the scriptures. Now we have something scriptural. Now we have something to stand on. All they had to do is believe the word of God. So it is here at the crucifixion. All they had to do is believe the word of God. Had they believed the word of God, they would have known this was the Christ. Had they believed the word of God, they would have known that this is the Christ who had to suffer these things. He must die the death. He must be punished for sin. He's made iniquity for us. He bears in his body our iniquities, yet they don't believe he's the Christ. So there's no problem lying about him. No problem. They were false witnesses. They themselves violate the law of God to put Jesus Christ to death by the law. And that's just common again today. They said, this fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. And the high priest arose and said to him, answerest thou nothing? Well, what is it that she's witnessed against thee? But Jesus held his peace and the high priest answered and said to him, I adjure thee by the living God that thou tell us whether thou be Christ, the son of God. Jesus saith unto him, thou hast said, Nevertheless, I say unto you, hereafter shall you see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Why do you say the Son of Man? Because that's that Old Testament reference. The Son of Man, the Son of Man, the Son of Man. They could see him as the Son of Man. We see that all through the Word of God. How much less man that is a worm. Job 25 and 6, and the Son of Man, which is a worm. Job 35 and 8, the wickedness may hurt a man as thou art, and thy righteousness may profit the Son of Man. Psalm 8, 4, one of those great passages of Jesus Christ. What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? Psalm 80 and 17, let thy hand be upon the man of thy right hand. Who is that? Jesus Christ. Upon the son of man whom thou madest strong for thyself. Who else could it be? It can be no one else but the Lord Jesus Christ. The son of man which shall be made as grass. The word of God tells us that. And so we see that all through the scriptures that Jesus Christ says, I am the son of man. He tells them, but they don't want to believe that. They don't want to hear that. They don't want to even know that. They don't want to acknowledge that. And so they ask if he's the son of God, the Christ, the son of God. He says, you shall see the son of man sit on the right hand of power. Had they believed the scriptures, they would have known that the psalmist said that this is he whom God put in his right hand, the son of man, Jesus Christ, the righteous. But they don't believe the scripture. They only use the scripture for their benefit. 
They only used the scripture for their profit. They only used their scripture to put people in bondage. He already told us that in the scribes and the Pharisees. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now you've heard his blasphemy. And so we don't need witnesses. I'm going to rule in this. He's blasphemed God. Therefore, he's worthy of death. We need no more witnesses to come forward. We heard with our own ears he's blasphemed the word of God. What think ye? They answered and said he is guilty of death. Now, who's going to think he's guilty of death? The word of God tells us the scribes and the elders were assembled together. The high priest is ruled. They all say he's worthy of death. They agree. And the word of God then says, then they spit in his face and buffeted him. And others smote him with the palm of their hands. Now we know in Isaiah 50 and verse 6, and this is one of those little things that I deal with often. But he said, the Lord God hath opened mine ear. That's verse 5. I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. He set his face like a flint. He looked the high priest in the eyeballs. And then the word of God says, I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. And I've talked about that first person. I, I, I. It's wonderful to see that Jesus Christ speaking. The prophet speaking by the spirit of Christ. And we see that in the scriptures that I was not rebellious. I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. Now, my little thing in that, and this is just something I just saw several years ago, we just preach it and deal with it. We don't see that fulfilled anywhere in scripture concerning the hair from off his face. When they plucked off the hair, he'd given his cheeks to them, but we don't see it where they pulled his beard out, plucked his hair. We don't see that in the New Testament, but we see it by faith. We do see it in the Old Testament. But then we do say they smote him with the hand, yet all of that was fulfilled in Jesus Christ, no doubt, because the word of God said it would be fulfilled. Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 30, he giveth his cheek to him that smiteth him, he is filled full with reproach. And so again, we see Lamentations deals with that smiting. And then Job chapter 16, one of those great passages of prophecy. If you've never read Job 16 in the light of prophecy, you need to read that as prophetic. In verse 10, they have gaped upon me with their mouth. They have smitten me upon the cheek reproachfully. They have gathered themselves together against me. God hath delivered me to the ungodly. So when they began to smite him, they spit in his face, they buffeted him, and others smote him with the palm of their hands. He's fulfilled at least three distinct Old Testament passages where if they saw this take place, they could believe he was the Christ because three distinct places the Word of God tells them that this would take place. But you see, they're not believing the Word of God that he's the Christ. They're only using the Word of God as an occasion to destroy him. Saying, prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who is he that smote me? And then a prophecy is fulfilled with Jesus Christ, with Peter. And this is one of those great evidences of the word of God. I don't fully comprehend or understand everything I need to know about this. But I do know one thing. When Peter repented, he repented greatly. And in Luke 24, when Jesus Christ opened his understanding, Peter became a great preacher of the gospel. 
And Peter went out and preached this gospel to a lost and a dying world. He's one of the greatest preachers to ever walk on the face of this earth. And a lot said about Peter and his ministry. We found folly in it. Paul had to go withstand him to his face and correct him in his ministry. But yet Peter was a great preacher. He preached Pentecost. And he preached the word of God at Pentecost, revealed scripture to us, showed us who Jesus Christ was. Had it not been for Peter, we still wouldn't understand who Jesus Christ was fully. Now Peter sat within the palace, and the damsel came with him, saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. Now Jesus has told him that he's going he's to deny him. Jesus told him that he would uh, turn from him, but yet Peter denied it. No, Lord, I'll never do this, Lord. I'll not do this to you. He said, Y'all be offended because of me. I will smite the shepherd. The sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. Peter said, No, all men be offended because of yet will I never be offended. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the crock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. This damsel comes, he denies Christ before them all. Say, I know not what thou sayest. When he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him. And said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. Peter's fulfilling scripture. He's fulfilling prophecy. He's one of the sheep, and he's scattered. He's rejected Christ. He's scattered from, yes, he's following, but he's a great way off. Down the warming by the fire. He's a great way off from Christ. His heart's far from him. He denies him. Peter said, oh, I wouldn't do that all, but he did. His fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth, and again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. What great judgment upon Peter. I'll never deny you, Lord. I'll never... But the scripture was fulfilled with Peter denying him. The sheep have been scattered. Peter, that one that's in the palace, where of God tells us that? He's without in the palace. He's waiting for Jesus Christ, trying to see what's going to happen. Three times he denies him according to the word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet, when it comes to him and he realizes when the cock crows, he remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. And my friend, let that be a lesson to us. Let that be a lesson in denying Christ. Lest we be ashamed of him. Lest we deny him in our being, deny him in our doing. Let that be a lesson to us. Yes, Peter fulfilled scripture. Yes, Peter fulfilled the word of God. But then he went out and wept bitterly. And then we see Peter coming to the empty tomb. Peter believing in the resurrection. Peter seeing the resurrected Savior. Peter casting himself out of that ship because he sees Jesus Christ. We see Peter coming to Pentecost and preaching that great message. We see those two great books that Peter wrote for us in the Word of God. We see a man that denied him three times, and yet God turned his life around. And part of that is when he went out and wept bitterly and realized the shame. Here it is, Jesus Christ, all men have forsaken him, but all men have turned against him. Even his familiar friend has betrayed him. And now Peter, one of what they call the inner circle, one of the three, one of his close ones, now Peter himself has denied him. Let, that, let us learn from that. Take a lesson from that. Lord, we'll be back on here tomorrow in chapter 27 of the book of Matthew. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. 
and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing For the prodigal child has come home And the saints all with gladness are singing The glorious song of the redeemed